It's time for JT the Brick. The years are ticking off, JT. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you got to show up. you got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. JT the Brick. Hey, Raider Nation, let that sink in. Since 2018, he has 25 interceptions. Raider fans go crazy around here when a guy gets two for the entire season. Anytime, JT, and uh, hide all my uh, Raider fans out there and go Raiders. And now... Here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. Raider Nation, it's Thursday. The weekend is upon us. And with this day coming up today for us, well, it was the final day of Raiders' mandatory minicamp in Henderson, Nevada at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I've been talking to you about these last two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, with the heat creeping up on us big time and getting super hot out here in the valley. Well, today, the Raiders took the practice indoor. And believe us, if the media, if we were happy To be indoors, I can imagine the players were even happier. Today, we were a little bit closer to the action than in the previous two days where we were separated by a full field of football, and then the players were in the other two. They got three outdoor football fields out in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and then one and a half indoors. So today, we got a closer look at what the Raiders were doing. And just to put it into perspective, at 10.30 a.m., when we were allowed to go into the practice session, the the mandatory minicamp session that they held today, it was 97 degrees outdoors. Then, by noon, when is when usually these sessions are ending, it was 103 degrees. By Saturday, we're going to be hitting 110 out here in Las Vegas. So believe me, I doubt the Raiders will be practicing outdoors in those two OTA sessions that they have scheduled Monday and Tuesday. But definitely, they keep getting that work in. We heard Josh McDaniel say on Tuesday, 100% attendance. That's great. Players, they keep that learning curve on the upward trajectory, and that's what the Raiders want to do right now. Today, it was a shorter practice. It was indoors, and we remember what happened last week with the reports from our partner out here in Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, Vinny Von Senor, saying that the Raiders were running laps after they had miscommunication in the in the red zone. Well, today, they were very competitive, and the units that weren't getting the job done, they were doing push-ups. So, accountability. That's something that you want to hear from this Raider squad on the field, off the field. You want perfection. Brandon Bolden spoke about it yesterday in the interview that we heard here on Raider Nation Radio on the JT The Brick Show. Josh McDaniels demands perfection. That's what he wants, and you got to be perfect on the practice field so that way when you go in-game action, that's what you give to this team, and that's something that gets me excited. And that's my question to you, Raider Nation. Going into the 2022 season, we're only three months away from the first regular season game, September 11th. On the corner, three months away, Raiders Chargers at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. What has you excited about this 2022 season? And at the same time, what are you concerned about the most with three months left from the regular season kicking off in this 2022 campaign in the NFL? Preseason, two months away. Regular season, three months away. 
It's creeping up on us, and believe me, we're just going to be in game action real soon out here in Raider Nation Radio. I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. We had amazing callers check in with us yesterday here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I want you to raise your level even more. Just like the team on the field. Bring it. Bring it, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you. What are you excited about for the 2022 season for the Raiders? And what has you concerned? And that might be something that the Raiders take care of ahead of the start of the regular season. And we know it's June 9th right now, 6-9. So right now, there is a higher for the Raiders to make some moves. That cap space increased with the post-June 1st cuts. The Raiders haven't made any splashes since then. In my opinion, they're trying to give guys that are on the team right now a shot to show the coaching staff what they have. And that is important before you make any moves and be like, damn, I brought this guy in, this free agent, and I paid him X amount of dollars, and I got someone in the offensive line room or in the running back room or any position in the cornerback room and defensive back room that is actually impressing us, and we want to give him a shot. But we took a flyer on this guy, and he came in, and now we got two guys that we want to start in that position. Yes, it's good to have options, but at the same time, know what you have. And, of course, the Raiders, the new coaching staff, the new front office, they got names up in the board. They got video of every single player, be it the new guys that are coming in as rookies drafted by the team or undrafted free agents. They know the numbers. They know the stats. They got video from their college days, but there's nothing like seeing them on the field. Same thing with the vets that are under contract with the team. They got video on them, both from practice and from game action in the league. Well, it's nothing like seeing them in person and learning and knowing exactly what you have in each and every player on this squad. There were a couple of roster moves that happened yesterday right as we were going off the air. Fourth rounder, Zamir White, running back. He signed his contract. The terms weren't disclosed, but it's good to know that he's under contract with the squad. And as well, the Raiders ended up waving tight end Travis Kuntz, an undrafted free agent out of Texas Tech, who became expendable once the team signed Jesper Horstead on Tuesday. We got our first caller of the day here on the JT The Brick Show, a Thursday afternoon. Gangsta Raider, how you doing, man? I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm pumped up. Can't wait for the season to start. You know what I mean? I'm going to be there at um the big canopy, the metal canopy in Inglewood, you know what I'm saying, that they call so far. I can't wait. The most thing I'm pumped up about is we finally back. You know what I'm saying? We done been through the desert, going through all these bad seasons. You know what I'm saying? We only been over 500 a few times since 2002, and I'm pumped up because everybody got the um, discharges as um trying to be either the discharge or the Broncos and even the Chiefs thinking they're going to win the division when everybody's sleeping on us. And I think the Chargers are going to start off 0-2 because we're going to smack them up in their mouth on, on when we go down there to open the season. Then they got Kansas City the next week. They're going to start off 0-2 and watch the whole narrative change. Once they start off 0-2, we should be 2-0 once we beat them. And the second game we got against the Cardinals at home, they won't have DeAndre Hopkins. we starting off 2-0. They're going to be 0-2. And I think the Broncos, they're going to probably split their first two. 
You know what I'm saying? So I'm pumped up. You know, Raider fans, stick your chest out. We back. You know what I'm saying? We return to greatness. We're on the precipice of returning to greatness and getting our uh, fourth Super Bowl, maybe our fifth and sixth, too. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait. This is going to be the season. I really believe the only two games I'm really worried about is the um, – the Tennessee game and that first Kansas City game. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, we should go undefeated. I know y'all just think I'm talking as a fan, but think about it. Um, the last team to go undefeated was um, in the regular season was New England. And who was they play caller in? And they don't have half the weapons that we got. You know what I'm saying? So I'm telling y'all, Raider chest, run Raider fans, stick y'all chest out. We back. You know what I'm saying? Get cocky with it. Get bold. Fuck your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Don't back down to nobody because we finna take it. We finna shock the world. We finna shock the league. And we gonna win it this year and we gonna win it next year. Back to back when the Super Bowl is in the Black House and we got a first Super Bowl parade at night in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? I'm pumped up. I can't wait. And everybody talked about the other teams in the division. I think the only team that actually got better was the Chargers. You know what I'm saying? I think the Chiefs got weaker because they lost to um, Cheetah Tariq Hill. You know what I'm saying? I think the Broncos got weaker because they lost Dick Vance, Vic Fangio. They um, got a rookie head coach that was the coordinator in Green Bay who was Devontae, should know pretty well. I think we got advantage of that because um, he wasn't even calling the plays, but he was offensive coordinator. But uh, Devontae Adams should know how he thinking with his go-to plays or whatever. So I think we got the advantage of that. And everybody talked about how the other team, the only team that really got better was the Discharges. And the reason they got better because they tired of losing to us. I think that was a knee-jerk reaction going to get a former Raider, Khalil Mack. You know what I'm saying? Then they went and got um, J.C. Jackson because they tired of losing to us. And when we smack them in their mouth open um, week, that's going to be in their head even more. They're like, damn, we couldn't beat them to get in the playoffs, and we went and got all these players, and they still beat us. Just watch, Raiders. We on the return to greatness. Stick your chest out. You know what I'm saying? Let your nuts hang because we finna do it. You know what I'm saying? Raider Nation is back, and we back with Avengers. Let's go. Let's get it. Raiders! Gangsta Raiders getting me hyped up. Thank you so much for that call. Raider Nation, we got to get excited ahead of the 2022 season. And that's my question to you. What's the reason that has you excited ahead of this new year for the Raiders? This 2022 squad, you look at the offense and it's stacked. Remember last year when for a couple of games, Zay Jones was our wide receiver one? Well, now the Raiders, they got Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro in that wide receiver position. But as well, they got Demarcus Robinson, who was playing behind guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. He was never option number one for the Chiefs, but he was able to get his numbers. And then, in my opinion, a guy that can make the big surprise with this squad is Keelan Cole. He played with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He played with the New York Jets. He didn't have great quarterbacks throwing the ball at him, and he still was able to get good stats and now earned a contract with the silver and black as a free agent. He's definitely a guy that I have my eyes on. And Mac Hollins, he is a good in these days that I've been able to be out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center mandatory minicamp. I've liked what I've seen from him. He has a big frame. He can do things where you can throw the ball at him high and he can go for it. Mac Hollins is actually the tallest wide receiver that the Raiders have on the roster. Six feet four. Just to put it in perspective, Devontae Adams, he's six one, so he has three inches on Devontae Adams, so that's perfect for just throwing the ball up and with his big frame, him being Plays. So for me, right now, seeing those weapons at DC that Derek Carr will be able to have in the wide receiver room, that's going to be big. And of course, you got to look at the other guys that are competing for a position right now in that room. 
Justin Hall, Dylan Stoner, who's back with the Raiders after signing as an undrafted free agent last year, Jordan Vesey, DJ Turner, who saw limited game action last year, who returned a couple of kicks. He was a wide receiver right there. He got more chances in regular season action than Dylan Stoner. And, of course, Tyron Johnson, who we saw as a special teams guy mostly last season once he arrived with the team, and he got a couple of opportunities as well as a weapon. He can be someone that the Raiders can look at not as a wide receiver one. You know why Adams is there. Wide receiver two, Renfro is going to be in the slot. Wide receiver three, another option. The Raiders definitely have players that can fight for that, that can be there, that can be fighting to get this team higher and higher in that NL, in that AFC, sorry, the AFC West. Sorry, I got the Dodgers in the background, so that got me thinking of baseball as well. So it got me cheating right there. Well, we got a couple of guests coming up today. Of course, we got interviews as well about the Raiders, and we're going to have the man that everybody's talking about, Devontae Adams. He will be speaking with the media shortly, and we'll be hearing from him. And also, Jason Simmons, defensive backs coach and pass game coordinator, he will be also talking with, with us. And later today, on Unnecessary Roughness with Q Myers, he will have the press conference from safety, Trayvon Merrig, and also running backs coach, Kennedy Polamalu. We've had press conferences over press conference over press conferences the last couple of days and that's what we like being able to hear from the guys not only that are there like media members but also from the players and coaches that are being a part of these sessions they're mandatory they're all there they're all present they all want to learn they all want to get better and they've been doing so so far today shorter practice session it started at 10 30 with the horn once the media was allowed in and then they were already done by 11.30, 11.45. So it was a shorter session. It was the final day of mandatory minicamp. So they didn't want to push the team towards a getting too tired situation, knowing that the real training camp is still five, six weeks away. Um, first preseason game, August 4th. You don't want to get the team too deep, but you definitely want to get them in those rooms, getting them soaking in that knowledge that new terminology we heard from brandon bolden that i love that he said that that he's there that he knows how josh mcdaniels likes things done from his experience with him in new england with the patriots he was there eight years and then if you count the 2022 2020 season where he opted out a total of nine seasons under contract with the Patriots. Josh McDaniels was there for each and every single one of them. He started his career in 2012. McDaniels returned to the Patriots in 2012 after his season and a half in Denver and then a season with the Rams. And then he returned to a safe haven in New England. He won Super Bowls. Brandon Bolden was there with him. And now both of them are in Las Vegas. And Brandon Bolden, I don't expect him to have a huge role on the field but you've seen you've heard what he has been able to help the young guys in that room the josh jacobs who's going into his fourth season the samir whites the britain browns who are rookies that were drafted by the team the kenyan drakes who he has i know that he wants to have a huge season in 2022 after an injury hurt him hard towards the end of last season and the way he was utilized I think there's still more juice to be able to get out of him and the Raiders with this new system 
everything we've heard is running back by committee. You're not going to have a guy like in Tennessee, Derrick Henry, who has touches over touches over touches. He's with 30-plus rushes every game. He'll reach 40 carries every once in a while, and he's always hitting over 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. That's perfect for fantasy football, but guess what? He's going to be getting hurt. And that's what happened last season. He got hurt towards the middle of the year, and he didn't return until the playoffs. And your team is not going to be constant if your number one weapon is a running back. And unfortunately, that's the reality. That's the way that football is going. It's great to have them there. I love that position. But at the same time, they're the grinders. They're the ones that get hit the most in all of the football field. They're the ones that take the most contact every single time. You got guys like Adams, Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro. Guess what? They can run out of the field once they get the first down and they see the contact coming, avoid it, run out of the field. Running backs, when you get a power run, boom, they're coming straight at you and they get hit. So the Raiders, they got to be careful with that. Uh, coming up, we got Jaime Mota from Fox Deportes. He is amazing. He's been with Univision Deportes, with ESPN Deportes, Fox Deportes. Now you can see his coverage with every single sport imaginable football in the NFL. He's been with the NBA. He's done every sport out here, and he's going to be talking NFL football with us. Of course, he was out here for the Pro Bowl last year, or well, this year, towards last season, and talking about his experience now in Las Vegas. He's huge in boxing, and he comes out here very often, so we hear from him. The JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, not much, honestly, you know, like I said, coach is doing, you know, some different things up front and in the back end, but, you know, pretty much all the same, you know, we've seen pretty much some of everything here. There's Jonathan Abram, key part of this Raiders defense going into the 2022 season. It's the final year of his rookie contract. The fifth year option wasn't executed for any of the three Raiders first rounders from 2019. So... This will be his final year. It's his prove-it season with the Raiders and also for the rest of the league. Show what you got, Jonathan Abram, 2-4. We want to see you be a stud on the field. And someone that's a stud when we're talking about broadcasting is Jaime Mota. You see him talking about baseball, college football. Recently, I saw him calling, uh, doing broadcasting with the USFL in Birmingham, soccer, boxing. You, you talk about any sport, and Jaime Mota has you. Jaime, ¿cómo estás? Uh, thanks for having me. You know what? What you just said, it just uh, a translation for old. <laughs> no, man, no. I've done, hey. I've done it. I've been there, but yeah, it's I've just been around the block, you know, for a little bit. That's why. <laughs> hey, man, I wish I had a resume like yours. I was just thinking, and I was like, I remember seeing you with Univision Deportes when they started doing Univision Deportes as the big network, and then with ESPN Deportes, Fox Deportes. When networks that are that big end up calling you every single time, you know that you're good. Well, thank you, thank you. You know, I've uh, I've been lucky. Uh, what can I say? Uh, you know, for a guy that... Uh, Wanted to play sports when he was a kid, but um, I am vertically challenged. And, uh, you know, I broke my wrist three times So uh, when I was young. So I, I knew I probably wasn't going to be able to play pro sports. 
so the next best thing was, you know, to get into broadcasting. And, uh, you know, I've been having fun ever since. You know, they say that if uh, you like what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And, and that's pretty much been what I've been doing. I mean, what guy wouldn't love to get paid to go and, and, you know, watch cover sports and be at the, you know, whatever big event there is. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been blessed. Hey, man, I won't say. Well, well, here you go. Lucky is when an opportunity presents itself to someone that's talented and a hard worker, and that's definitely you. The NFL, what do you think about this 2022 season when it pertains to Las Vegas, to the Raiders, with what they've been able to add both on the coaching side and with the players on the field? You know what? I think um, right now it's the perfect storm for the Raiders. Why? Because you get a new coach. Um, and McDaniel, you get uh, new players. You know, you've got Devontae Adams coming in. You've you got a quarterback that knows what being a Raider is like. You know, he, he bleeds the silver and black. Um, plus, it's the Super Bowl year, uh, you know, one away from having it there in Vegas. So I think everything is lining up. Uh, for the Raiders to have a great season. And, you know, I think they're one of the teams that are going to surprise a lot of people, especially on the offensive side. When you got, you know, Waller, when you've got Devontae coming in, you've just got a bunch of players that are going to make a huge difference. One of the things that I think the Raiders lacked was explosiveness. Uh, in the last couple of seasons, and I think they have it now. Yeah, and we would see it just in bits and pieces. Like when Nelson Aguilar was with the team in 2020, you would see a big play here and there, but not consistently. And same thing last year before the tragedy happened with Henry Ruggs. You would see it in bits and pieces with long plays, but not as often as we would like them. And now I feel that the Raiders, they have uh, options for Derek Carr to be able to get a big play with Waller, a big play with Renfro, a big play with Adams. So I 100% agree with you on the defensive side of things you being a national broadcaster for the league you look at max crosby and chandler jones that's something special that the raiders have right oh absolutely absolutely max crosby was just absolutely insane last year um you know what he's been go gone through you know his his story is incredible the fact that right now he's become one of the premier defensive players in the league, um, you know, speaks volumes for his character, what, you know, he's been able to achieve. And he's just an absolute terror on quarterbacks. Uh, and I think he's, he's up there with, you know, the finest of, uh, of defensive players in the league. You know, he's not an interior lineman like, uh, um, like, you know, Aaron some Donald, of the guys, yeah. like Aaron Donald. Yeah. Like Aaron Donald, for example, for example, for a minute there, I, I spaced out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he is that type of a player. He's someone that the other team has to, you know, build their game plan around how they're going to block him. And when you're taking time to make sure that one player is the one that doesn't disrupt your whole game plan, that means that there's someone else that's going to be available to make plays. And Max Crosby, not only does he get that type of attention, but he makes plays on top of that.
You were out here in Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl at Allegiant Stadium. Had you ever seen any defensive player try as hard as Max Crosby in the last five years once the Pro Bowl became pretty much a touch game? Yeah, you know, uh, that's the one thing I, you know, I keep scratching my head, uh, you know, about the Pro Bowl. I remember when uh, it was, you know, you went to the Pro Bowl and you played like you played in every single game, just you know, uh, remember Sean Taylor? Uh, oh my God, he almost the DB from from uh, Washington out of Miami uh, when he almost decapitated someone at the Pro Bowl. Brian Mormon. That's what I remember the Pro Bowl being like. You know, uh, ever since it became a glorified you know touch game, um, you're right. I have not seen someone try as hard as Matt Crosby did. You know, this past Pro Bowl. Um, and, and like I said, you know, that's the type of player that he is. He goes 110% every single play. Um, and the fact that in the fourth quarter, he's about as fresh as he is in the first quarter, you know, that's why he has so much success. Because he goes n- nonstop, no matter what, and he's able to make the plays from beginning to end. You know, there's guys that aren't playing as hard in the fourth quarter because, you know, th- their stamina isn't the same. Max Crosby is just absolutely insane as far as his conditioning. Yeah, and it's incredible just to think that in 2019, the Raiders picked him with a fourth-round pick. So not only did every team had a chance to pick him, every team had multiple chances to pick him, and the Raiders were the ones that took a flyer on him. Yeah, you know, and that's what the NFL is about as well. Uh, you know that there's a lot of players that stand out coming out of college, um, and teams look at the potential, and some of those guys fall flat on their face. Uh, and a lot of them are first-rounders. You get the gems in the third and fourth round. That's what makes a team better. When you get good players in the third and fourth round, those are the guys that are going to stick around most of the time. Those are the guys that are going to make a difference. Uh, and, you know, uh, Max Crosby is a perfect example of that. And the Raiders, the Raider Nation, the fan base, they were concerned at first when the McDaniel Ziegler first started coming out about them coming from New England to Las Vegas to take over the team with the coaching staff and the front office. But you as a national broadcaster, you look at that and people say, hey, he has been very successful with New England offensively. And also Ziegler, he was a de facto GM. What do you think about these two men taking over the Raiders franchise front office wise and coaching wise well if there's one thing that you can say about both men is that they've been in a winning culture and not only for a couple of years they've been there for quite a while they know what it takes for a team to be at the top to perform at their highest level uh, to make sure that everything goes as planned you know from team meetings, to practices, uh, to film watching, whatever it takes to get that team to be at the very top. Uh, Both Ziegler and McDaniel know exactly what it takes. And so I think that they're going to bring uh, that mentality to to the Raiders. Something that I think, even though the Raiders are known to be, you know, uh, pursuit of excellence, but however, there's been a lack of of uh, discipline, of self-discipline within the organization for, you know, a few years. And I think now Ziegler and McDaniel are going to come in and uh, it's, they're going to run a tight ship. So I think you're go- going to see some difference um, 
from the very beginning as far as the way uh, the Raiders conduct themselves. You know, we've seen so many cases of news coming outside of the football er uh, you know, area for the Raiders, stuff that you don't want to hear. I think those events, those those things are going to be minimized now because there's going to be a new mentality, a new culture instilled in the Raiders. We're talking with Jaime Mota, broadcaster, reporter. He does a lot of great work with Fox Deportes. Jaime, you were I saw on Instagram, you were out here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium before the construction was completed. And you were also out here in February earlier this year for the Pro Bowl when the construction is absolutely 100%. What are your thoughts on the Death Star, the new home of the Raiders? Oh, it's absolutely incredible. I mean... Um, Anywhere that you, when you fly into Vegas, when you drive into Vegas, pretty much it's one of the first things that you see. And, uh, you know, it makes quite a, an impression. It, it, it's very impactful seeing, you know, the, the Death Star right there, Allegiant uh, Field. It, it's, you know, it's, uh, I think, now symbolic of what Vegas is and the Vegas Strip. Um, you know, and, and Vegas is a town where everybody wants to come in, have a good time, and why not now go and watch a football game? You know, uh, there's people that come into town to see not only the Raiders, but their teams, or people that come into town and say, you know what, there's an NFL game going on. Let me see if I can get tickets to go to the game. Uh, so I, I think it's it's just an amazing uh you know, addition to the city, uh, to what Raider Nation uh, is built upon. And, you know, people have to recognize that Raider Nation has some of the most loyal fans anywhere. Uh, I don't care what people say, you know, if they like the Raiders or they don't like the Raiders, uh, Raider Nation is, is definitely a very tight-knit community. Loyal. That's key, too, that you said. They're a loyal crew. They won't oh, yeah. let go of their team. It doesn't matter what has happened over the last few decades. They, they're, they're there and they're strong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have friends that, uh, that I've known since, uh, you know, I was a young kid. And, uh, you know, they, they're loyal Raider fans no matter what. No matter what happens, you know, they, they stick to the Raiders. So you were down there on the field in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago? Uh, right before the pandemic struck and hit everybody hard, February in Miami, San Francisco against Kansas City, you saw Patrick Mahomes hoist the Vince Lombardi trophy for the first time in his career. What do you think about the Chiefs now losing Tyreek Hill, losing Tyron Matthew? This year, 2022, they're still considered as a top contender in the league. Do you see them that way? Well, we're going to have to prove it. Um, you know, one of the things that made... You know, the Kansas City offense so explosive was Tyreek Hill. The fact that, you know, he can pretty much beat anybody down the field, uh, that doesn't mean that they don't have weapons uh, that can do that still. And when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback who can scramble, who can, you know, throw passes uh, unlike pretty much just any other quarterback in the league, then I, I think you're still one of the top teams in the division. However, they're going to have to prove it uh, that they have the type of weapons that are going to be able to 
keep up with what they've been doing the past few seasons. And, and you know, yes, you know, the Honey Badger's not there any longer. Uh, but I think that they've, they've got a pretty decent defense and they've gotten better the last few years. And it all stems from putting pressure on the quarterback. When you've got a good defensive line that puts pressure on the quarterback, then that makes your secondary a lot better as well. Absolutely. And they've been able after Raiders quarterback Derek Carr in the past, and I'm pretty sure they will try to do so this year as well. And you're based out there in L.A., the Chargers. They got a lot of hype around them. Should Raider fans be worried about them? Or the last memory we have of the Chargers is Justin Herbert saying, I've never wanted to tie a game so much in my life. That's what the Raiders fans remember from him. <laughs> yes, I, I do know that uh, that's what... Uh everybody's been talking about from, uh, you know, uh, that one incredible game. And Justin Herbert, you know, yeah, he, he spoke his mind um, and had, you know, uh, you guys tied, then they, they would have gone into the playoffs. But, um, you know, you can't say what if, you know. Uh, they had some opportunities and they let it go. It was a great game, one of the best games that I've seen in a while. And they've made some great additions as well. Um, you know, they've signed uh, players that now I think are going to contribute, contribute immensely, um, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, uh, I think, you know, um, adding Khalil Mack is just insane. Uh, when, when you bring someone like that over that, you know, hasn't had a, a great, last couple of years but you know the potential that he's got and you add that to boza i i mean that's some explosive pass you know pass rushing so uh, i i think the raiders need to make sure that the next time that they play the chargers the game isn't that tight at the end and now just to close out the afc west russell wilson in denver i mean is there a better division in football than the afc west I think it's probably one of the toughest divisions uh, in football right now. You know that um, Russ is going to want to prove to everyone that he still has it. Uh, and everybody thought, you know, that what the Broncos needed was just a good quarterback. You know, there were a lot of rumors about Aaron Rodgers possibly going to the Broncos as well. And everybody said if he leaves Green Bay – he should go to Denver. Why? Because they've got a great nucleus. They've got some great young wide receivers. They had two or three good tight ends. As a matter of fact, they let one of them go. They traded one of them because they've got great tight ends. They've got great running backs. Uh, they've got a good young defense as well with great corners. So this is a complete team that what it needed was just a veteran and savvy quarterback and Russell Wilson, I think, is definitely going to, you know, make him compete for the division title. And who knows? I mean, it, it all depends on injuries, obviously, uh, how they mesh going into the season. Uh, but, you know, we've seen uh, videos on social media of, uh, of Russ working out with his wide receivers uh, from the very time that he got to Denver. So I think it's going to be something to watch. Um, and if they get off to a you know good start, then watch out. You never know. I mean, it's definitely going to be a very 
interesting year in the AFC West. Now, talking about you coming out here to Las Vegas, you've been coming out here for over two decades because if there's a big fight in town, Jaime Mota's right there next to the fighters. Talk about Floyd. Talk about Manny. Talk about Canelo. Jaime Mota's always there pretty much with personal coverage. Or like uh, a former Anamdi Asamoah with the Raiders. He was always right next to the star wide receiver for the opposing team. That's you with all the big fighters in town. This city of Vegas, the growth that it has had in sports, did you ever expect it? Well, you know what? Um, I think fights have always gravitated towards Vegas for the obvious reasons. Um, you know, it goes back, you know, to uh, back like the Four Kings, you know, when uh, Leonard, Hearns, Hagler, Duran were fighting, you know, the big fights were in Vegas. Tyson, the big fights were in Vegas. Uh, everybody's used to a big fight being in Vegas. You know, Oscar De La Hoya fought there. Julio Cesar Chavez fought there. Uh, now Canelo's the one that fights there on, you know, the big uh, weekends, The you know, May, September. Um, and every other fight, you know, seems to land there. You know, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder had their incredible third uh, uh, matchup for the trilogy there in Vegas as well. Um, and I believe now we're going to get a big one towards the end of the year, the one that everybody has been waiting for, when uh, finally Terrence Crawford and uh, Errol Spence Jr. finally meet in the ring. I believe it's going to land in Vegas, and it's going to be a mega fight. Yeah, and in the past, everybody would say the fight capital of the world and the sports entertainment capital of the world. Now you can say sports and entertainment capital of the world. We got hockey. We got NFL. The athletics, they're looking into moving out here to Las Vegas. You just heard LeBron James. Oh, I, I heard the NBA. I heard the NBA is considering exactly uh, Vegas for an expansion team as well. So, uh, yeah, Vegas is, is, is a big sports town. Um, I think the fact that, you know, a lot of the – uh leagues have you know come around to all the all the betting and stuff like that uh you know with the raiders being there you know and and the knights i think everybody sees a great opportunity for their league to grow and vegas is one of those spots that's going to make not only a team but the league grow as well so i think we're going to see you know a, at least another pro team come in uh, to Vegas, and I've heard also about probably an MLS expansion uh, franchise going into Vegas. So that would be interesting as well. Yeah, get every single league available in the States, bring them to Vegas. And talking about soccer, you just brought it up. I've seen that you do a lot of coverage with League IMX. America is coming into town soon and playing against Chelsea. Can you put that game into perspective for football fans that aren't much into football, That how big that matchup is that we're going to have out here at Allegiant Stadium? Well, you've got two of the biggest uh, teams from their respective countries. America from Mexico is probably one of the two biggest, uh, you know, sides with Chivas from Guadalajara being the other one. And then, it, you know, if you're talking about the premiership, you're talking about, you know, Chelsea being just an incredible team that was in, you know, the uh, Champions League final just, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, so I, I think it's a team that, you know, they've got great players, uh, great coaches, 
you know, Conte has, has did great with them when he was with them. Uh, and I think Chelsea, you know, uh, being one of the biggest teams in England is going to get a lot of followers. Not only if, if people are not from Vegas, they're going to go to Vegas to watch Chelsea play America. And when you've got, you know, great teams like that from uh, both sides of the world, it, it just makes for not only a great game, but a great event. And I think people in Vegas are going to be absolutely enamored with the type of play that they're going to see from both of these teams. Jaime Mota, broadcaster for Fox Deportes. Where can people find you on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and what's coming up for you? Uh, well, you know, uh, on uh, social media, it's uh, on Twitter. My handle is at Mota with two T's, M-O-T-T-A, Jaime. And then on uh, Instagram is Jimmy Boy LA. Uh, so, yeah, that's where you guys can find me on, uh, on social media. And like I said, you know, it, it's, it's going to be fun watching uh, a lot of sports coming into town, into Vegas. You know, you've got possibly a guy like uh, Captain America, the new Captain America, Christian Pulisic, coming in with Chelsea um, to play America. So it, it's going to be a, a, a fun time. And uh, I can't wait to see the Raiders do this year coming up. Uh, honestly, um, I think uh, a lot of people are really interested and wondering what McDaniel is going to be able to do with the Raiders in his first year as head coach. And now one final question. Do you remember Shane Mosey versus Sergio Mora? That fight? Oh, of course. So I don't know if you, well, you probably don't remember. I took a picture with you at the weigh-in the day before the fight because I was like, oh, Jaime Mota from Univision Deportes. I'm going to take a picture with him. You were super friendly and... Now that we're both, that I'm in the media as well, you've always been a great guy. So I want to thank you. Muchas gracias, Jaime. Oh, no, definitely. And, uh, you know, if I come to one of the uh, Raider games, I'll go up to the booth and, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to at least, uh, you know, call a little, uh, a little Raider football with you for, you know, a series or two. Oh, it'd be an honor. And and once you call that series or two, we'll give you a, a wireless microphone and send you on the field because you're an amazing sideline reporter. You do a great job. Muchísimas gracias, Jaime. Thank you so much, man. Anytime, anytime, Harry. There he goes. Jaime Mota from Fox Deportes, amazing broadcaster. You talk about sports, any sport, he has you. And he's been outstanding in boxing coverage. Every big fight, every big fighter, you see him, Jaime Mota right there next to him. Not in a media situation, no, one-to-one talking with the guys. He's a guy that you definitely want to follow on social media. Raider Nation, let's take a break. And coming back, we'll talk a little bit about NBA because finals, game number three, happened last night. And the Celtics, they took a two-to-one lead. This is the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Are you worried about Steph being injured? Yeah, you're always worried. Um, but, uh, yeah, I saw him getting dove on. That was about that. So I picked up my file, pushing him off of him because he's screaming at the bottom of the pile. So, I, yeah, 
It is what it is. I'll take the foul. I'm going to get him off his legs, though. So it's all good. That's Draymond Green talking about a play in the final quarter of yesterday's game number three between the Warriors and the Celtics. He's complaining about someone jumping over his teammate. Buddy, that's what you do every single game, and you're picking up fouls left and right, and there are moments where you're like, is this guy playing dirty or what's up? Because Draymond just kept going and going and going over every single Celtics player. And I was shocked it took him all the way to the fourth quarter to get fouled out. So let's talk about yesterday's game. The Warriors taking the double-digit leader in the first quarter. It looked like it was going to be a runaway game, but you can't count out uh, the Golden State Warriors. But what a great game. The Celtics had Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, both over 20 points. Finally, you got that tandem producing as you would want them to. And Brown, he was a difference maker in this game. Smart whips it to the far corner. Tatum, right-hand dribble. Attacks the paint. Diagonal kick out. Smart. Ball fake. Attacks. Throws back to Jalen for three. Got it. And that is the biggest difference between game two and game three right there. Definitely. Jalen Brown, incredible matchup for him in the first 21 minutes. In the first half, he had a total of 22 points. The Celtics, they scored 30-plus points in both the first and the second quarter for a combined 68 points and took a 12-point lead into halftime, 68-56. to But the Warriors, you can't count them out, especially in that third quarter, which it seems it's a magical quarter for them. Curry now takes it middle, stops back over to Wiggins. He'll drive on Horford, kicked it out to Otto Porter Jr. Shoots with 12. It's good! He hit a three! Otto Porter Jr. makes it a two-point game. That is a seven-point possession. Absolutely, and after the a three with the foul from Curry that scored the free the, the free throw, then Porter came up with that three, one of his two buckets in this matchup and the Warriors actually took the lead in that third quarter but Boston they crept back up and they took the lead going into the final quarter and the final quarter it was all Celtics Tatum turns attack the paint flip to the corner smart three in the air got it and the Celtics inch closer up by 14 with five minutes to go and one moment that became a difference maker was precisely when Draymond Green ended up being fouled out out of this game because you missed his presence on the court, but he wasn't very productive. Smart knocks it loose, diving Rob Williams, Curry trying to come up with it. What do we call it here? They're still scrambling, and Marcus Smart wins it and gets fouled. Everybody in the building, everybody around the world was waiting for a jump ball came. Paul that never came. Marcus Smart never stopped scrapping. He won the basketball through the foul. Two points, three rebounds, four, sorry, two points, three assists, four rebounds for Draymond Green in 35 minutes. He got fouled out in that play. Steph Curry, uh, there were a lot of questions. Is he hurt or not? Fortunately, it seems like he will be okay for game number four because this is what happened at, at the end of game number three. For the first time in 12 years, the Boston Celtics have a home game in the NBA Finals, and they will win it going away. The final score, Boston 116, Golden State 100. 
The Celtics have a two games to one lead in the NBA Finals. The Warriors are now 3-5 and five on the road in the playoffs. The Celtics a perfect 7-0 and oh following a loss in this postseason. Let's see what happens Sunday in game number four. Let's go to a break. Raider Nation and coming back, John Teicher, the play-by-play announcer for UTEP football and basketball at the University of Texas El Paso. He'll be joining me to talk about Brent Musburger and his legacy in the sports broadcasting industry. This is the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM.